Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Notre Dame football. It's two story programs, one which personifies the ethos of the heartland, and the other that reflects the bright lights of Hollywood. I think you you usually know what's coming before the world does, and so you try to prepare for that wave of the world knowing, but really my focus a while ago shifted to the war. All right, I'm back. No, Ma. Yeller's my dog. I'll do it. Oh, come on. Uh, And I, I know Notre Dame. I went there. I've lived there. And I can remember back to where my brother was playing on the team, and I had a ticket to go watch him play, and I'm smiling ear to ear for four quarters just being able to be in that stadium. Uh, so now to be up in the booth, the responsibility, the opportunity, uh, I, I really understand what it is, and, and I'm going to go attack this thing. I offered you a chance when we could have done something, and you blew it! You blew it! Just something that you deal with. If you're playing receiver, it's like, oh, it's because his dad, that's why he got in the game at receiver. If you're going to it's like, oh, because his dad, that's why he's going to Notre Dame. Or For me, it was always about what am I going to do, right? Once I get in there, who am I going to be? How am I going to operate? How am I going to work? When people talk about working with Jack, what's the story that they tell? It's actually pretty awkward. I mean, dad's the only one in the whole production who doesn't know he's being fired. Anytime these colors get on the field together, a great night for college football. Put this to music. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> uh, I'm staying turned. Yeah, if they score a touchdown this play, you might dust off a different line. <laughs> this is Price bringing it out, trying to return of his own. Now, Jadarian Price turning on the Jets. 20-10 touchdown. It goes a one, two, three, and here we go. 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 Jim Arizari, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Jack, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. <laughs> Said no one. Welcome in. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented, of course, by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Uh, Let's see. Um, First of the business, uh, you may be wondering... What's that? What? Where's Darren? He's on the road right now. He's uh, traveling with uh, with Notre Dame hockey, as he is the play-by-play man for them. Uh, so he's up in Ann Arbor, traveling up there. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow, though. He'll be uh, using the the power of technology to uh, to get back into into uh, into your lives. So Eric Hansel joined him too. 
So uh, that's all coming up tomorrow. But because he's having to travel, you get me. And I didn't have to wake up this morning and was actually able to get a good night's sleep, which doesn't happen <laughs> when you have to wake up at 3 in the morning every morning. It just doesn't. All right? Too much sports, I mean, for us in sports radio, too much sports happens at night to say, well, 8 o'clock, time to go to bed. Ugh. I don't know how some how some people have done it for so long, but uh, I'm not one of those people. So, uh, so yeah. That, uh, it's it's going to be a little of, little of an experiment for everybody here. So, because this is, it's been a long time since I've sat in on uh, on doing this show. Been a while, um, mostly because I uh, I didn't want to have sixteen hour days. So, you know, then you know, got myself a fill in, and uh, and and there we go. I'm able to do this now. So, you get me for the next couple of hours. I apologize. Um. This segment, by the by the way, brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Uh, 9:60 a.m. WSBTRadio.com on the stream there, the uh, the free WSBT Radio app or the free Sportsbeat app, stream in there in, in both of those spots. Also live on the uh, live on the Twitch here, uh, Sports Radio 960 WSBT is uh, is the address for that that's the username anyway so search for that we've been popular today we've been popular the last couple of days actually you know some of us anyway in this town some of us um mostly you know everybody over by the golden dome has been popular and what has made them so popular hmm possibly the Ultimate irony of all ironies in everything. We got a 12-team playoff coming up, the 5-plus-7 model, and the number one story that peels from that is a team that ain't won since right, I graduated from high school. Franchise. That's it's the number one team that we going to talk about when we talk about the playoffs. Something wrong with this picture. Something wrong with this picture. We got to And then you, of all people, doggy, you think you're slick. That was just an excuse for you to bring up Newt Rockney. That's all you wanted to do, okay? That's all you wanted to do. Let me, bring the, let me let the world know about that. But you know as well as I do, when you're doing radio, how often have you talked about Notre Dame? You know good and damn well you ain't have much to say about Notre Dame in recent memory. Mouth of the South, Paul Farmer, I know you did it because they ain't going to let you do that down there yeah. because they know how irrelevant they are compared to the big picture. I mean, come on. First, I apologize if I just blew out, you know, like the speaker on your phone, if you're listening to us that way, or the speakers on your desktop, or even the speakers in your car. I apologize. I should have probably should have said, hey, this might get a little loud. <laughs> Full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at this point. I mean, it's it's only first take. All right. We're not exactly looking to them to uh, to set the intelligent co- you know conversation here. Probably not looking at me either, but whatever. Um, like that—that's that, all just a little bit silly, right? Like I'm like Steve. You're you're, you're not that out of touch, man. Like you're you're a pretty hip guy, right? 
I understand, you know, sometimes as you're, you know, doing that job, I guess, sometimes you got to take a side that uh, maybe you don't want to take, but you kind of have to because the other side has taken that take. And on a debate show, you can't really have both sides agreeing with each other and saying, yeah, I agree, I agree. How do you fill three minutes that way? I get it. But, I mean, why are they even relevant? Okay. He's right on one fact. He's right on one point of it. Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship since 1988. Okay. Can't do anything about that, you know. I mean, he, he at least got that right. The one time they played for, you know, got annihilated. But, but we don't like to talk about that. Uh, but what have they done? What have they done? Come on now, man. You're better than this. You should... I mean, ESPN has this giant stats and info department. All right? For its people. Maybe you should have checked with them? They probably would have told you, you know, the, the Irish have been among the top 12 teams, or at least, you know, sniffing around that. Seven of the last eight seasons or so. Finishing the top eight, half of those past eight years. Very, very few schools can, can, can make this sort of claim. From 89 through 2006, they finished in the top 17 10 times. They wouldn't have made a 12-team playoff in all those years, but they would have been in the conversation. At minimum, a player. Tack on another eight years, and oh, look at that. Notre Dame's been in the postseason AP top, uh, preseason top 25 anyway, 22 of 35 tries. Like, uh, you know, I know total non-player and everything. I I know that, I mean... Maybe the door doesn't swing quite as, uh, you know, quite as open, you know, for Notre Dame. Okay, fine. But, like, you know, in, in an era where college football is doing its damnedest to try to, you know, make it so that only three teams count, um, Notre Dame has held its own pretty damn well, even without winning a national championship, Steve. Things change, too. Michigan, they had one shared national title since 1948 before making the playoff three straight years, winning it all last month. One shared. Georgia's incredible run came after 37 years of a drought. Washington hasn't won a crowd since 1991. I mean, and some of the, I mean, don't get me wrong, there have been some bad days around here. But there have been bad generations in other places like Michigan and Georgia and if you want to consider the John Cooper era of you know a dark time, Ohio State. We're fine. All right. And 
you're talking about how irrelevant Notre Dame is on the national stage on the biggest sports talk show in the country on television. Hmm. 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 Anybody else pick up on that part of it, too? Come on down to South Bend, Steve. You know, come on down, man. We can make a whole thing of it with the with the radio station. We, you know, like we're working. Yeah, you know, we're working on uh, getting some pregame stuff. You know, a little bit closer to the stadium next year, and um, you know, just, just working on it. You know, it's it's very preliminary, and I don't want to make any promises, so I'm not going to make any promises. But we're at least trying. So. Uh, you know, Steve, come on down. I mean, we're going to be right there. Come on down. We'll we'll give everybody in the crowd earplugs so that you know their their hearing doesn't go out when when you blow out our speakers. Um, <laughs> I just think of that <laughs> that old visual of just you know hair blown back and you know <laughs> like the bomb just went off. It's like. Come on, man. <laughs> so much better than that, and and yet just chooses to take the, 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 the easy way out. Like, that's an accomplished journalist right there, yelling his damn fool head off about something so crazily wrong. And I just realized where the term loud wrong comes from. It comes from this. We got a 12-team playoff coming up. The 5 plus 7 model. I, sh- I, I know, I know, I know. I should have given you the, the heads up there, too. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. irrelevant? What have they done? Don't tell that to NBC. They'll start wondering, you know, where did all this money come from? Where did all this ad revenue come from for us? Huh. Must have been complete irrelevance. What? Saturday afternoons? I figured it was just their Wednesday night lineup. Huh. Anyway. He's so much better than that. We'll get more, too, on that. Um... May have seen the may have seen the tweet that I that I sent out not too long ago. Uh, Mike Golick Jr. going to be joining us here in about uh, ten minutes or so. Uh, first, big news as far as far as Gojo goes. Gojo and Golick, their uh, their morning show on uh, on YouTube, uh, you know, through DraftKings. Um, we're going to be replaying an hour of that starting Monday, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT every Monday through Friday, twelve noon. You get Gojo and Golik right there. Talking about the irrelevance. <laughs> anyway, Gojo's going to be calling in here in, uh, in just a little bit. So we'll, we'll talk to him about you know, his, his thoughts. He had, he had some pretty good thoughts on, uh, on this whole thing. Uh, because uh, in, in another cut on, on this, which, you know, I knew, 
I knew we'd have to pay for a bunch of speakers getting blown out because of this. And here, you know, all of the all all of the hearing bills. Um, I decided not to not to bring that out here, but uh, um, like you know, name checks the Golics and and all that, and you know, there's that. So. Everything that everything Notre Dame touches is irrelevant. Eh. Shut up. Another popular move, by the way. Jack Collinsworth out. Dan Hicks going to uh, take over. Uh, you know, PGA Tour, of course. He did this like a decade ago for four years. Trying to think, you know, who's between Dan Hicks and and Tarico and like there's a gap in there and I can't put my finger on it quite honestly. But Jack Collinsworth only made it to, only made it two years, two seasons. Um, uh, starting next fall. Oh, by the way, Jason Garrett not going anywhere. Okay, you can't win them all, I guess. Uh, starting next fall, NBC plans to have Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge as their number one broadca- broadcast team on all of its college football coverage. Uh, NBC wanted to uh, reward them for the strong reviews that they got for the Big Ten games and the NFL games that they called, so they'll continue to primarily focus on the Big Ten primetime matchups. If the network deems a Notre Dame game the most attractive on its schedule for a g- given week, then Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge will lend their voices to it. So that's good. Let's see. What uh Yeah, Florida State's coming to town. Yeah, we got we got some we got some we got some games that could probably line that up on. NBC declining to comment on the uh on the story, you know. Just word anyway, but chances are it's pretty good. So um He'll, uh, they're, they're not getting rid of Jack Collinsworth either. You know, so, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that that intro was just like, you know, just pouring salt, salt on the wound or anything. He, he's keeping his job with NBC. All right. He's going to continue, uh, working as a reporter on Football Night in America. He's going to continue working on the Olympic coverage, calls, uh, calling other college football, basketball play by play on Peacock. Like he's only 29. He graduated in 2017 from Notre Dame. That play-by-play gig may have been a little, you know. Name doesn't hurt. Name doesn't hurt. But, oof. You almost kind of feel like he was set up to fail, too. So, yeah, next year. Dan Hicks, Jason Garrett in the booth. Mostly for Notre Dame games, but uh, if we're deemed good enough and relevant enough, we got the number one team of Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge for that week. So, some changes. It's not bad. Not not a bad change either. Noah Eagle's good. If if you, if you if you happen to get stuck uh, watching the Nickelodeon <laughs> broadcast of the Super Bowl. Uh, first of all, hey, you made it through all the slime. And second of all, 
all you know through all those layers, no Eagles pretty good. And if you saw him, you know on on NBC any time through the uh, through this season, he uh, oh yeah right he did the uh, he did the game against Navy at the start of last season too because Jack Collinsworth I guess got COVID, he got some sort of sickness or something uh, couldn't make the trip to Ireland so no Eagle did that instead so yeah it was pretty good it's pretty good so all in all I think a plus so. Notre Dame's so irrelevant, NBC is trying to improve its product around it. Huh. Okay. Good job. Good job, Stephen A. Good job. Mike Golick Jr. Going to be calling in here. Gojo and Golick. He's half of it. We'll talk to him coming up here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This segment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat being brought to you by Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Some good news. Monday at noon. Got some new programming coming to WSBT Radio. From the uh, from the folks at uh, at VSIN out in uh, out in Las Vegas. Which is now part of DraftKings, I believe. Gojo and Golik, you wanted them back. We've got them back. We've got the Goliks back. Gojo and Gojo, uh, Gojo and Golik, joining us at noon on Monday. The Gojo half joins me now, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Mike, how are you? Doing well. I appreciate you having me, and I apologize. There's a lot of G's and O's in that name. <laughs> it gets a little tongue-tie even for me, so we're working on that right now. I mean, my my last name. There, there's two I's, a Y, and three R's. So I know exactly how you feel. So it's uh, it can be. There you go. I'm coming to the right audience for this. Then <laughs> it can be to- totally, totally right audience for it. So, um, you guys have been doing this show for how long now? So we started this show in its current form in August of this year. So we're only one fall in right now. But for Dad and I, obviously. This is sort of picking up where we left off with Golik and Wingo back at the ESPN days mm-hmm. where I spent almost two and a half years on the full show with Dad and Trey in the morning. So it's, it's, it's been nice. It's been a little bit of learning because this version involves a lot more technology, and my dad is every bit of 61 when it comes to his lack of desire <laughs> to learn anything new about the devices that are around him at this point. <laughs> so all of the engineering budget is going to, to Dad, is what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> My God. I mean, our, our producers and engineers, are whatever we're paying them, we need to double it just as hazard pay for having to work with my dad. God love him. My dad is a man who is so calm in the face of most things and walks through life with this incredible air where nothing bothers my dad. If it's out of his control, then he doesn't spend too much time worrying about it except when it comes to electronics in his house. And if there's a password that doesn't work or the cable television doesn't work or any of the devices in his house that he believes, all right, I bought them, I've done my part, they're supposed to do their job, the minute that happens, he's got the shortest fuse imaginable and all of a sudden I just get to watch him crumble. So it's a delight to see that every day and to sometimes get to egg him on a little bit. How many times has he called you to fix the clock on the microwave or on the stove because it's blinking? So those things he's kind of given up on at this point. And honestly, <laughs> they're just I constantly blinking. Rules, 
Most, most old, old world home problems, my dad is kind of on top of. Like okay. he prioritizes taking care of certain things around the house. Like I, I'm convinced, my dad's like a bloodhound for being able to smell if you haven't changed the air filter in your home in a while. Mm-hmm. He once famously went to Rebecca Lobo's house, asked her and her husband when the last time they had changed them was, and saw the horrified looks of two people that had never once changed the air filter in their home, and was the happiest man on earth that he could go in there. <laughs> and deliver them clean air. So that stuff he's got covered, it's really now anything that connects to Wi-Fi, I Ah. think, is a danger for my father. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of a danger with Wi-Fi because, I mean, at least, I don't know why we do this at our house. Uh, It's not like we're having guests anytime soon. But uh, we have a guest Wi-Fi network, you know, kind of hooked up, you know, going through our our Google Internet, you know, little portal. And... uh, constantly getting off of track with that and also you know the lights that are hooked up to the smart lights and or the uh to the you know the 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 phillips bridge and all that stuff so i'm just like why do we have this guest network oh right yeah because reasons but uh yeah i kind of feel your dad there and i'm only 45 i'm gonna be 45 this year and i feel that way Oh, I'm amazed at how often, so I'm 34, so we're just going down by like a decade here Mm -hmm. each time, but I'm always, I'm always very in tune because when I came into sports talk, I was the young guy. I got to be the one that showed everyone, Hey, here's the cool current trend. And now I'm seeing the next generation come up under me. And there's so many things surrounding TikTok and YouTube that really are starting to age me out. The NBA All-Star Game was a perfect exercise in that. Because yeah. there were so many names out there that were like basketball influencers or YouTubers that everyone's saying to me like I'm supposed to know and could not have less of a clue about. So I'm starting to feel it right now. It comes for us all like a thief in the night. Half of Gojo and Golick, Mike Golick Jr. joining me right now on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Describe the show. Like you described it as just kind of picking up where you left off. You've got uh, Jesse Caulfield from uh, uh, from DraftKings there. You know, the vibe. How is it? The vibe is imagine if you just, and we'll say, did this without the ensuing either beatdown or arrest you would incur. But imagine you just managed to like break into the Golic house on a Saturday or Sunday <laughs> in college football in the NFL season, mm-hmm. and you walked into the conversation. That's truly what we want it to be. Like, it, it, especially for this show. Obviously, Dad's got nine years of experience in the NFL. He's been in this industry for almost three decades and in two radio hall of fames. Like, obviously, his credentials speak for themselves, but. I think for both of us, it's twofold. Like the vibe of the show is we certainly want to be able to teach people and reach people, right? My dad's line has always been, hey, let's take them into the locker room. If there's people that have never had the experiences we had of, you know, me playing on a team that went to the national title at Notre Dame, dad playing on those Eagles defenses of the early 90s with Reggie White, Jerome Brown, and so many incredible names and faces. Let's try and take people down there as best they can, but also let's take them into our living room. Let's let's show them what the conversations between a father and son who do have this background sound like a little bit and try and have some fun in the process. I mean, God, I'd like to think of nothing else if the Golic name is known around South Bend for something. It's not taking ourselves too seriously, and I hope that shines through amongst anything else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's what makes uh, it's what makes the show so darn entertaining, quite honestly. So I I I'll, I'll, I watch it pretty pretty regularly and I'm just like, you know, they haven't lost a step, and that's good to see. So, uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. We're trying to keep the fastball humming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you know having the name that you have. Uh, 
you know, you, you probably heard, you know, talk of nepotism and whatnot. And of course, the big news around Notre Dame land, anyway, is Jack Collinsworth being out as the uh, the play by play voice on NBC for Notre Dame. Uh, what what do you think he's feeling right now? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure like anything else. And listen, I, I feel for Jack, right? I mean, yeah. he's a guy that I've gotten to know over the years. He's a great dude. And I was excited for him to get this opportunity, knowing how much our alma mater means to the both of us and certainly means to him. And so I'm sure from that standpoint, as a competitor and as someone who loves that university, uh, there's certainly got to be a bit of disappointment or sadness around that, as I'm sure it would be for any of us. But uh, it's a tough gig to step into, knowing so many of the names that have come through that door, knowing the eyes that are on you each and every weekend. I mean, that's one of the biggest broadcast jobs in the country. And as we all know and have seen, you can be as good as you want to be in any of the booths across America, and someone's going to find some negative thing to say about you. Someone is going to have an opinion to try and tear you down because it's a lot easier to do that than to go in and actually be able to do the job. So I feel for Jack. I hope from a real human level that he's doing all right today. But unfortunately, this is also kind of like with sports where we are in the business of, hey, you're always kind of waiting around to see, am I going to get cut? Is someone coming to take my job? Uh, that's an unfortunate reality of all of this that crept up in this situation. Yeah, at, at least the at least the there's the good part that he's not leaving NBC. He's not you know just being shown the door all the way. Uh, you know he's still going to be working on Football Night in America and the Olympics and you know plenty other opportunities for play by play as well to kind of hone that craft. I always just kind of thought, man, that's the first big play by play job that he's getting. I'm not sure that's fair to him for that. You know. No, I, I understand that. Uh, my, mo- my motto has always been, hey, you know, fair is a place where they judge pigs, all right? We, we're all in the business of, hey, you get opportunities and you take them just the same way. Hey, listen, that might have a lot of people's estimation looked and said, man, the, the first big play-by-play job, that's like, what's Jack going to say? He's not going to turn that down. I'm sure he was right. pumped about the opportunity to say, sure. you know what? Hey, maybe this is my first big jump. I know he had done some USFL games before that. He had done great work at the ACC Network. And you get there and you try and learn on the fly, but you're right. It's an incredibly difficult place to try and hone your craft with that kind of audience. With the stakes being what they are, too, it's not like you're calling games for a 6-5 and five Notre Dame team that's just hoping to scrape by and get bowl eligible. You're talking about Notre Dame teams that in the last two years have been in a lot of the season in the thick of the college football playoff discussion, certainly near the top end of the sport, given the brand and the performance that we've seen. So, uh, yeah, it was no small task that he stepped into there. And uh, I know he gave it his all. I know he fought like hell for it there. And as long as that's the case, I'm sure even if it's disappointing, he's going to be able to sleep soundly at night knowing he gave that job everything he could. Does that six and five Notre Dame team fit into Stephen A. Smith's relevance? Uh, you know the spectrum of relevance that he's kind of got set up. Uh, I don't think so. Honestly, I think the good Notre Dame team, Notre Dame teams, do more than that. Yeah. I mean, what's stuck in his craw is the same thing we all hear fired all the time, right? Notre Dame, you know, zero and ten, and however many of the major bowl games between the BCS, the New Year Six, the CFP, since God knows when, and. and it's it's always interesting for me hearing that refrain, and especially right now. I guess I was confused because we understand people feel some type of way about Notre Dame. When you're the independent school, when you're perceived as not only being different, but thinking you're better than everyone else because of that, mm-hmm. it's going to invite a lot of feelings that come along with it. But the thing that's confused me about why it popped up at this particular juncture is it's not like 
this new round of college football playoff change and expansion that was the impetus for this conversation right. is affording Notre Dame any special treatment. There's going to be 12, now maybe 14 teams that make the postseason in this new structure. There's going to be, hey, the top conference champions, the top four conference champions get a bye. The top-rated group of five team is going to get in there as well who wins their conference championship. And then after that, you're going to have a bunch of other teams that probably didn't win their conference championship, especially at the Power 5 level of football to make it, just like Notre Dame. And so if Notre Dame goes out there and wins double-digit games against the schedule, the caliber of which they usually play, they're going to get in, and it's going to be for no different reason than a team on the back end of the Big Ten, in the middle of the pack, and the SEC, whoever else is going to make it. So I'm just confused why everyone decided to throw us all these strays right now. Right. I, I, it just – Gosh, we're talking about foot, and it's got nothing to do with actual, you know, like how they've done on the field either, which I actually kind of want to talk to you about too. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it, like it's just so random, you know? And I'm well, like, it's frustrating to me because what you mentioned is absolutely right. It's not about what's going on the field now, it's about what's happened in the past. And everyone tells me, well, Notre Dame, they just want to live in the past. They haven't won a title since 1988. What have they done? I'm not trying to live in the past. I'm trying to live in the now, where since the last, what, five years of Brian Kelly's tenure into now, it's been like five of the six seasons have been double-digit wins, including this last year. It's been 95 wins or whatever it's been in the CFP era, one of eight teams to make multiple CFPs in the last decade that we've had. This like we got enough good stuff going on around now on the actual fields to focus on and stop letting the ghosts of what's happened in the past affect the way people judge now. If people judged everything else the same way they've judged Notre Dame for this, well, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh never would have won a title this right. year. D.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterbacks don't work in the NFL. He surely would have never been the offensive rookie in the year in the league. So I don't understand this thinking is inconsistent, it's flawed, and it's just silly. Yeah. Mike Golick Jr. joining me on Sports Radio 960 WSBT for Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Let's talk about the product on the field. There was a uh, there was a stretch, you know, between between the end of the season against Stanford and the bowl game, where the list of names that you saw of guys getting in the transfer portal was just like, uh oh, this could be bad. And then as time went on, you know, like heading into the bowl game and even even past the bowl game a little bit, uh, all of a sudden you see the names that that Notre Dame went out and got to replace those guys that left. And you just find yourself looking at it going, these might be better players than the ones they're replacing. Do you, do you feel that way? Uh, I think certainly in some positions there's, there's guys that can come in and be helpful. We know the issues Notre Dame had at wide receiver last year, and we saw some of those young names get in the portal. But then yeah. you see Chris Mitchell from SIU and what he was able to do production-wise last year, the talent that Bo Collins is going to bring in that area. I got to cover that Duke team and see a guy like R.J. Oban who's going to come in and help replace some of what they lost on the edge of that defense. So I think it's all a good reminder that we're still learning so much right now. Everyone every day for some reason wants to pop open Twitter and start to complain about some new thing that the portal and NIL have done to college football when in actuality our sample size is still so small in Mm -hmm. this. We had all this change happen at once. And so that means we're still learning exactly how to operate in this way. We've seen every program's NILs already change. Their, their, uh, you know, the collectives already change in what they're structured, how they're associated with the schools, and how they operate within the new world of college football. All that is to say, yeah, those transfers all hit the portal, and then we took a breath, 
And lo and behold, hey, Notre Dame was still kind of an appealing place for some people to play. That's what happens when you win nine, ten games in back-to-back seasons with a coach and a program that seemed to have an eye on some embracing some of that new change in college football. So I think we all would do well to take a beat and understand we're still learning a lot about this. And when you think about, oh, my God, the sky is falling, if you usually wait a second, get a good night's sleep, and wake up the next day, more than likely you're going to find out, no, it's still business as usual. It just looks a little different and change is scary. NIL, you know, it, it, got, it got us EA Sports College Football 25 coming up. I mean, how, how can that be a, such a terrible thing? I keep trying to tell people, <laughs> man. It's, uh, it's amazing. With all the change going on in the sport, I, I didn't realize – players realigned these major college conferences. I didn't realize players killed the Pac-12. I didn't realize players had expanded the college football playoff and then said, well, wait, maybe we want to expand it even more. I had forgotten they had done all that. Last I checked, they gave us a video game. You're absolutely right. We're all going to benefit that, except for our significant others this summer. Yeah, yeah. That's... Like I've I've been pretty cold as far as the Xbox goes. It's about to heat up real quick though. I think like, you know, July-ish or so for me. Yeah, when I probably should be following some other things in my life quite honestly. Uh but uh yeah, that's it can't be a bad thing. So, um how do you feel about this year? How did, what uh, what's your thoughts on uh, heading into this year for Notre Dame? I think for Notre Dame this year, I'm very excited. Uh, Mike Dembrock coming over to campus, arguably one of the biggest wins of bowl season, coming back a coach that was there during my time at Notre Dame as the tight ends coach. And, you know, certainly uh, the tutelage of Mike Dembrock for a couple of great guys and Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Eifert and the like that were in that room all benefited from his touch. But I, I also think the combination of what we know about Mike Dembrock and what he's able to do offensively, forgetting last year where the weapons at at, uh, LSU were very different, but I even look back at Cincinnati with him and Desmond Ritter and a program that also made its living on O-line and tight ends in the AAC was able to do there, how that offense is going to mesh with a quarterback like Riley Leonard and the gifts that he has during a season where, listen, you're going to go where a new quarterback you're breaking in, a new receiver core that you're excited about there, and a tight end room that's got some talented guys. But up front on the offensive line, we know you're losing three starters from last year's team. Mm-hmm. And you had some guys get meaningful snaps late in the year, but early in the season, you're going to need some stuff to help offset that. And having a quarterback who is as lethal with his legs as Riley Leonard is, combined with a coordinator and Mike Dembrock who really understands how to make the best of what's around, how to use a quarterback's leg in some of the RPO game to help those guys up front get going. And then, oh, by the way, you get to the defensive side of the ball where the other big win, we hold on to Al Golden, we have everyone decide to run it back up front, Riley, Howard Cross, that whole group, and certainly Benjamin Morris is probably going to leave Notre Dame as the best corner in my lifetime to come out of this school. Like There is a lot to be excited about of a defense with legitimate top-five potential and an offense that I think is built to – allow their offensive line to work back into becoming what it usually is, which is one of the strengths of this team. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm – I'm usually like a touchdown type of guy, but, man, I love watching that defense. I loved watching it last year, and I don't think there's going to be any drop-off whatsoever. If anything, I think it's only gotten better. I would agree, and I think when you get a lot of those guys all – so much veteran talent, especially in the linebacker room. Obviously, there's some losses at that level. There's a couple losses on the D-line level. But in general, 
all that continuity for a group that I likened, and I thought about this a lot during the NFL postseason, reminds me a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm. where you've got a couple of guys that are world beaters, but what really makes this unit work is the timing and variety that they can present to the opposing offenses because of how smart everyone is on that defense, how much they understand what Al Golden's teaching them there, and then having a couple of studs in the middle up in the front end and on the back end having a cornerback that can absolutely lock down some of the best receivers in the country and how that marriage gives you so many options in terms of how you attack teams. We saw it against Caleb Williams last year and really started to loosen the wheels on USC season. So it's exciting to see how high this thing can climb for a veteran unit at a lot of levels next year. He's Mike Golick Jr., half of Gojo and Golick, uh, starting Monday at noon here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. How uh, how did how did the uh, you know I mean it's a it's a show on YouTube. How uh, how did it get to radio? How did how did that happen? Yeah, uh, you know it's one of those things we're trying to meet everyone where they are, right? And mm. that's part of when we and Dad made the move to DraftKings is realizing oh there's a whole big wide world out here where yeah. Our show is a podcast. Our show is on YouTube. Our show streams on Samsung TV Plus and Roku and all these devices and places that we would have really would have known about when we were at ESPN. But mm-hmm. there was always this thought of you know, the Vegas Stats and Information Network has been such a great partner for DraftKings out in Vegas. We got to work with so many of their great talent out in Vegas for the Super Bowl this last week. There's a, a bunch of crossover there, and we always thought and saw and said, "All right, well." They've got clearance in so many great markets, and radio is a place that's been so near and dear to our family. It's another great bit of exposure for a medium that is still so important to a lot of people. Why don't we see if we can make this partnership extend even to that? And you know, thankfully, the folks over at Vison were super receptive to that. And so now we've got this great opportunity to take what we've been doing digitally and in the podcast world and bring it back to the place that's been home for my dad for three decades, for me for almost a decade now, and. Uh, and it feels right. It feels like it feels like it was time. It's good to have you back on the station. It's good to have you back. We had we had uh, you know Mike and Mike, and we also had Golik and Wingo as well. And it's it's going to be good to hear you guys on on the our airwaves again. So I just want to say thanks for that. No, I I appreciate that. And that's that, listen, that's something we take seriously. Yeah. It's it's the one thing my dad imparted on me pretty early on is, hey man, you got a unique opportunity to develop relationships with people who are on their way to work, commuting to go work out. Like People are choosing to spend time with you in some meaningful moments of their lives, and so that's certainly not something we take for granted. All right. Well, uh, I certainly know how you feel as far as, uh, as far as having to wake up in the morning. I, I'm typically waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning for, uh, for a news hit at 5.30, so I, you know. I know how you feel a little bit as far as the morning goes, and it could be a little bit rough, so I'll let you go here. Uh, Mike Golick, Jr. from Gojo and Golick, a million thanks for uh, for coming on the show today. No, appreciate you having me. Anytime. Thank you. There he is. Noon, Monday through Friday, starting this Monday. Gojo and Golick here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari, in for Darren Pritchett, who's on the road with Notre Dame Hockey, Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues in just a second. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Lester Wiltfong Jr. from Windy City Gridiron, talk some Bears. Gosh, I wonder what's happening with the Bears. It's coming up on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Into-
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Justin Fields uh, unfollowing the Bears and the NFL on Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's so weird that that's like a, a story now. That's like big news, right, amongst the NFL and Bears. But you know, he, you know, he, he actually he talked about it on the uh, the Sam Brown Brothers podcast. You know, he said mm-hmm. it's no big deal. He just wants to get away from football while he's you know on vacation. Which Can't okay. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's it's, it's possibly what it is. But you know what? So be it. I mean, if he doesn't want to see that on the timeline, um, on, I think it's Instagram is, is where you unfollowed him from. That's fine. I mean, he he's 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 like all of us. All of us fans are sick of this this uh, which quarterback will it be story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he just wants to kind of you know unplug and unwind a little bit. Yeah, especially being one half of that whole question too right uh that's got to be a little bit uh a little bit nerve-wracking and probably a little bit like really easy to burn out on uh just yeah. hearing it constantly everywhere everywhere you look how do you feel this is gonna go are they gonna get are they gonna trade him are they gonna wind up trading the number one pick and get another haul like they did last year from carolina are they like what do you think they're going to do you know, it really seems like they're gonna they're, they're gonna go ahead and trade Justin Fields. I mean, when when the season ended, you know, it kind of ended on a sour note, obviously. And and you know, even him at, from a personal level, his his personal numbers weren't the best. And but you kind of saw a pass um, to them keeping him, like you said, trading for the Hall. But 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 as the off season has kind of worn down, you know, all the reports from all the national guys, the local guys, are all the same thing, and and no one is hearing that they're gonna not take Caleb Williams. So I think that's that's probably what they're gonna do here. They're gonna they're gonna trade Justin Fields, they're gonna try and, you know, drum up some interest, get the best best deal back possible, and then uh reset the uh, quarterback clock with the rookie Caleb Williams. Where does he wind up? I mean the the one team that's been the most buzzed about this whole process has been the Falcons. I mean he's from the, the Georgia area. Mm. Um he's right outside of Atlanta, so I think that, that makes sense for him. Um, you've also heard the Patriots mentioned. Um, the Steelers kind of popped up recently with my, with uh, head coach Mike Tomlin saying that he's a, a fan of Justin Fields. You know, so it, it's hard to say. I mean, there are a few teams you know, that are popping up here that that kind of be a, a dark horse candidate. I know I heard there's some mention the Giants, which you know I, I'm not sure how that would work out with Daniel Jones there, but you know it seems to me that it's it's probably going to be Atlanta, um, maybe Pittsburgh. Again, once these teams have a chance to meet with all the rookie quarterbacks, because there's going to be about, you know, possibly four that go in the first round. You know, once you get a chance to meet with them, they'll kind of see where they stand. Uh, they'll have to gauge it. Is it are they have a better, better chance of winning, making a trade for Justin Fields, or, or taking a chance with a guy like, you know, Jane Daniels or, or Drake May? I mean, it's at this point, you know, it's all on, on each team is kind of have their own vision. I just think Atlanta would be a good fit for him. Like I said, the hometown guy coming back home. They have a pretty pretty talented offense there as it is, and I think he'd fit in good there. Getting back to you know probably drafting Caleb Williams number one, um, 
how come you don't hear about Jaden Daniels in this talk? Um, you know, I, I think there's just, just the upside has been there with Caleb since pretty much for years now. I mean, ever since he, he entered college, he was like the top prospect that everyone thought he was coming out. You know, he won the Heisman, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, did he have a down year this last year? Yeah, probably. It wasn't as good as when it did, you know, a couple of years ago. But he's just always been the guy from, from a tool standpoint. You know, just he's got great arm talent. You know, he's not as freakishly athletic as some of these guys, but he is a very good athlete in the pocket. He, he maneuvers the pocket well. You know, he's just a guy. And then as far as Daniels go, he's kind of like just popped up on the radar really big this year. You know, but I've heard him compared to Justin Fields a little bit as far as their games. You know, they, they, they both take a lot of sacks. You know, he's a great athlete, you know, and, you know, that's that's going to obviously translate, but, you know, I, I think teams in the NFL, they, they like that. But if, if you're comparing just him and Caleb Williams, mm. Caleb Williams is, is the far better prospect for the pro game. That's funny. Getting comparisons to Justin Fields. Hey, meet the new boss, same as the old boss and whatnot. Uh, right. Lester Wolfong Jr., the editor-in-chief from Windy City Gridiron. We're talking Chicago Bears on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Um, Justin's only got a 10-28 and 28 record. Okay. What can you get for the flashes of greatness, you know, that we saw from Justin Fields over the last three seasons? As far as a draft haul, or a, I'm sorry, not a draft haul, a trade haul. Yeah, I mean, you 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 heard some some talk. You know, Adam Schefter, uh, uh, Tom Pelissaro, some of the the national big league guys said that there's a chance it could fetch a one. Uh, I just kind of feel that's a little 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 outlandish at this point. You got to kind of mm-hmm. look at some of the comps. That, that, have, that have had some trades in, in the last few years. You know, Justin Fields is not a, a top, top quarterback. He, he's a starter. I mean, he's starter-worthy. He's done it for a couple of years. You know, so I, I'm, I'm thinking if, if they can pull a two out of this, that'd be great. Um, but, but you know, don't be surprised if, if it's like a couple threes or maybe a, something that's like a, a conditional pick, you know, next year. Mm. That way it gives uh, the Bears and the teams going to a chance kind of to see what happens. But I mean, if they can get a two, I think that that'd be the best best case scenario for the Bears. I mean, that's not it's not like it's a terrible thing. I mean, <laughs> you can pretty much find a good player anywhere in the draft as long as you do your homework. So it's yeah. almost it's almost as if draft position is kind of getting to a point where it it doesn't really matter if you know what you're needing and know what you want. Yeah, I mean, we we, we kind of see it in Chicago. I mean, the Bears have had a lot of luck. With, with, with the mid-round picks, uh, you know, the last few years, you know, not just Ryan Poles, before him, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace's regime, they were outstanding finding those day three picks and, and undrafted free agents. So if you have a good scouting uh, group, if you have a good GM, if you understand what you're, you're looking for, you know, you can find gems pretty much anywhere. They draft Caleb Williams. All right, that goes as expected. Do they take a step back? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You know, I, I usually you'd say, yeah, you got a, a rookie quarterback coming in. You know, the, the roster's going to take some time to catch up to, to where he is because most teams drafting, you know, a, a quarterback first overall or even in, in the top top five, those teams usually stink pretty bad. You know, the Bears finished pretty strong last year. They, yeah. they were in you know, heading into year three of the rebuild. The roster's in a pretty good place. Uh, they got to make some tweaks here and there, obviously, but – Caleb Williams will be stepping into a pretty good overall roster. The defense yeah. is primed to be really good next year. 
Yeah. The offense with with a couple tweaks, like I said, they have to they need a center. Uh, you need a, a, a second wide receiver. You know, but but there's some talent on this roster. You have a, a much more competent off the coaching staff with Shane Waldron now calling the plays. So so if it was me, I don't care who the quarterback is. This team, the expectation should be playoffs next year. Lester Wiltfong Jr. from Windy City Gridiron joining me on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. So let's switch talk to the stadium here. <laughs> Everybody's favorite subject, apparently, of late. Um, yeah. Chicago's back in back in the running for a, for a state. Is that just bluster? Or is the is the move to Arlington Heights just you know it, this is this is all just posturing basically? Yeah, you, you know at first when when in Chicago kind of you know threw their hat back in the ring, it kind of seemed like it was just a leverage play because mm-hmm. um, it happened right on the same time as you know a whole bunch of other suburbs kind of threw their hat in the ring because Arlington Heights the tax situation was just not what the Bears are hoping for. But then as this kind of went on, you kind of saw you know. Team President Kevin Warren, uh, you hear, heard some of the stuff he had to say. You know, there's a relationship there with him and, and the mayor of Chicago where you think, well, maybe this could happen. I mean, there's a, a plan in place. I guess it's the South Lot is where they'll kind of build the new stadium. Mm. You know, I, ideally, you'd love to see the Bears stay in the city of Chicago right out of lakefront. It'd be great. Um, I just think that eventually – they're going to work all the kinks out, and they will be in Arlington Heights. I know the latest news was the the tax assessment. Um, it, it, it was real high. You know, came in way higher than they expected. That was since adjusted, and it's yeah. possible to make it adjusted again. You know, I don't know the real estate ins and outs as good as that, but just for the, the people I know that have, that have told me, it still seems like Arlington Heights is is, is the front runner. Yeah, the uh, that assessment. Uh, came down from 192 million dollars for uh, for that site uh, down to 138 million. So you know clearly yeah. we're talking about just simple chump change here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, if they build on the lakefront, if they build in the south lot, do they still go with the dam- uh, the uh, the dome stadium? Do they go with the uh, you know the the multi-purpose kind of aspect where you can host different things. You can get a Super Bowl in there, or do they kind of go with the outdoor thing, a la Buffalo, almost with uh, with their uh, with their new stadium? You know, every time Kevin Warren has kind of mentioned it, he's always mentioned uh, don't. It's okay. never been retractable roof. It's never been open air. You know, it seems like that, like like you said, it's it's because they want to be able to do extra things. They want the Final Four. They want a Super Bowl. You know, if you got a dome, you have more options. Obviously, the Bears would own the property. They would, they would, you know, be able to have concerts in there and, and do a lot, a lot of, a lot of things that they can't do year round at Soldier Field. So my guess is it would be a dome. I know a lot of fans are upset by that. They like the weather, but you know, I, I would much rather watch a an exciting uh, game than just a sloppy mud fest. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. I mean, it worked out okay in in Minnesota all those years ago when they moved from Met Stadium to the Metrodome and. You know, then from the Metrodome uh, to uh, to U.S. Bank Field, which oh, by the way, was built you know with Kevin Warren's help. Um, yep. So interesting how everything comes together. A little bit more positive note now. Hall of Fame. The Bears have to be in the Hall of Fame game next year, right? Yeah, you would assume so. I mean, that was <laughs> the the thought as soon as they got you know their, their guys in there. Obviously, Hester McMichael, but Peppers is also you know he's he's a uh, a three-time Pro Bowler while he was in Chicago. Yeah. So, 
that, that that's, that's got to happen. And so you would expect it to happen. I know we already have a few of our guys. They've already booked their uh, their hotel and, and their, their rooms down there, and we're already trying to work on some credentials because we're expecting you know the the, the, the actual the the, the ceremony is going to be great. But having a chance to see the game and, and all the players that kind of come out for the game should be cool as well. Yeah, I I remember hearing a, like a bunch of people getting all all ticked off because oh no, Devin Hester made the Hall of Fame. How do you talk about you know how do you talk about that stretch of the NFL without bringing up Devin Hester? Yeah, he changed the game. I mean, yeah. he is the reason why they had to kind of do do some of the stuff with with kickoffs and I know the part of it was safety but man he, he just like whenever whenever the ball was in the air on a punt or a kickoff that's usually the time to go get a beer because you know it wasn't a, a really exciting play but but just him back there the, the mm-hmm. thought that he could touch it and, and go to the distance anytime you know as, as a Bears fan as a fan of the NFL in general during that era it was it was ridiculous yeah, you couldn't miss. You could. You couldn't even do that at home. Like you couldn't even do that with TiVo, just because you know it, it's like, like TiVo would probably screw it up somehow. So you just sat yeah. there. You know, that's at least the way my TiVo would work if uh, if if we were back in those days. So, um, how good is it too that uh, that Mongo finally got in? What took so long there? You know, I think just the era is one of those things where. You know, he, he got kind of caught up in the whole thing. Well, the 85 Bears only won, you know, one title. But you know what? The, the 80s, 85 Bears was, was great, but that defense was dominant for a decade. And, yeah. and, and Stephen Michael was a big part of that. It just, it was just teams didn't really value the, the interior pass rush much. And it wasn't something a lot of voters always thought about. But as the kind of game has evolved, people started looking back and realizing it. And they kind of put him in his place. I mean, among interior pass rushers, he, he was like a, a top a top five of all time. And it just you didn't think about it when you when you look at his raw numbers. But then when you go back and you're like, wow, he, he had that many sacks. And yes, it was a talented defense, but you know who cares? I mean, he was still getting the job done. He was still drawing double teams. He was still you know making an impact in those games. And I think he had three Pro Bowls, one, uh, one All Pro. You know, he just was at that level and just took took voters a little while to, to figure it out. I mean, 95 sacks on the interior line, that doesn't happen. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's just a ridiculous number right there. And an interception, too. Even got that. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, very good. What uh, What's the what's the good doings up at, uh, at uh, WindyCityGridiron.com? Uh, we're in the midst of doing a uh, position-by-position breakdown right now, kind of look at the whole roster. Um, of course, we got a lot of draft content up there. So it, there's always something new, always something fresh every day. Um, you know, there is no off-season for, uh, for the NFL. Is there, uh, is there room for somebody to go, yeah, they're going to trade Justin Fields. Well, maybe let's keep him. You know, do, is, is there any room for that? Um, I mean that, that debate's out there, the talks out there. I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. Oh no, I'm just I'm just talking. You know, do, do you put that up on on the website just just for the clicks and you know all that stuff? Uh, you know, I, I try and stay away from the from the clickbaity stuff. But, yeah. But when when everyone's talking about it, it's kind of hard to avoid it. Oh yeah. So so I, I know I know one of our guys. He he did a poll the other day on, on, on social media. Um, you know, do you want Fields to stay? Do you think Fields to be traded? So we kind of cast stuff like that, Barry. Yeah. But but as far as as 
most of our staffers, we're all pretty much in unison that, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. They're, they're going to trade them. There's a few guys holding on like, oh, there's no no way they'll trade them. But I'm like, come on, read the room. You know, there's no one with that report yet. I mean, if it happens, it happens. I, I, for me, I'm a fan either way. If yeah. they keep Justin Fields, I'm going to cheer for the Navy and Orange no matter what. If, if they trade him, it, 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 it'll suck to see him go, but I'm, I'm going to cheer for the new guy. So I'm a Bears fan first and foremost, and, and whichever guy's wearing the laundry, that's who I'm going to cheer for. If you need a special guest waffler on that subject, I'm your guy. You're the guy. Okay, I got you. I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> I'm just, just going to th- claim that right now. So Lester right. Wolfong Jr., the editor-in-chief at WindyCityGridiron.com. Always, always, always fantastic talking with you, sir. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Should be interesting too how uh, how the Bears and White Sox kind of go after the stadium money that they're looking for. Like eventually, those two are going to come to blows, and I kind of want to be there right in the front row with the popcorn. <laughs> Corrupt ass Chicago uh, politics, dealing with two teams. Come on, who wouldn't want that? Budweiser's weekday sports beat, presented by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by uh, First State Bank. Uh, First State Bank lends strength to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. Also by Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Uh, Got some picks coming up. The NBA's back, so, uh, you know. Why not try to win some money, at least? Uh, that's uh, that's coming up in a little bit. Also going to talk uh, a little bit of Cubs baseball. What do they do about Cody Bellinger? And why have they not done anything yet? Before that, Dan Patrick's above the noise. Radio. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 960 AM WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you in part by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Also by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Notre Dame women's basketball. Tipping off at 7 tonight. Live 99.9 is where uh, you can hear that starting at 6.45. They'll take on Clemson. So, if you want to catch up on my stuff, you can find all that. JimOnSports.com I, uh, I figure I'm a little bit of a uh, benevolent being as far as, uh, you know, not forcing you to have to spell my name. It's not easy. It's not easy for me, for God's sakes, in certain conditions. Um, what are the what are the Cubs? Hell, you can kind of ask this about all of baseball, really, uh, but especially the Cubs right now. Uh, what, what are they doing with free agency? Specifically, Cody Ballinger. What, what are they doing besides nothing? 
I mean, it, it seems like the logical conclusion to uh, to the Cubs, you know, I guess now spring training plans. And granted, you know, if if you if you bring him back, which looking at Cubs Twitter as much as I do, um, kind of by default, really, because that's just what it goes to. It's the price you pay for living in this region, I guess. Um, even if even if the Cubs bring back Bellinger, which is you know a hugely popular move with the fans, just because of what how he played last year. NL Comeback Player of the Year, for crying out loud. Even if they bring him back, they don't know if they're going to get, you know, that MVP version, you know, from his days with the Dodgers, or the guy who went through the, his, you know, something similar to, you know, his last two seasons with the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. So, apparently the Cubs have a plan. And historically speaking, <laughs> popcorn. I need popcorn. It's it. it, it I kind of feel how I, I know kind of how you feel a little bit too, Cubs fans. I kind of know how you feel a little bit because we're dealing with a Scott Boris client here. I, of course, a Mets fan who. Whew, man, did I get some good news today. Um, if you didn't hear, by the way, the, uh, the Mets, uh, basically the anchor of their rotation. Stop me if you've heard this before. The anchor of the Mets rotation is, uh, is shutting things down for a while because of arm fatigue in spring training. Why do I do this to myself? Why, why do I do this to myself? I don't know. But yeah, Cody Senga, oh, man. probably starting here on the injured list. But I kind of know how you feel as far as you know dealing with Boris clients because Pete Alonso, who also at the you know the very tip of your tongue as well, also a Boris client. Uh, they probably had some chances to uh, to extend. Pete's contract during the uh, during the offseason didn't happen probably because he wants to hit free agency and of course because you know Scott Boris wants him to hit free agency uh, that also means that every Mets fan is is starting to resign themselves to the possibility that they're going to trade Pete Alonso at the deadline which I don't want to have happen I love the polar bear So I get it. I get it a little bit. All right? Why haven't they signed this guy? Why? What could be taking what what could be the hold up here? <sighs> Scott Boris. Scott Boris. The plan Say a Suzuki saying through an interpreter. <laughs> Made the joke about you know when he was asked you know if he's going to have more responsibility in the in the lineup. Um, basically said we need to sign some stars right now. 
Kind of sounds a little bit like Rafael Devers with the Red Sox, doesn't it? But in this case, Suzuki is joking a little bit. Um, you know, he he knows that the Cubs want more from a player who has you know now more than a thousand major league plate appearances under his belt. You know, it it costs roughly a hundred million dollars to sign Suzuki out of Japan, so. They're expecting a lot out of him, and he knows that, and they're expecting a lot out of Cody Bellinger should he re-sign with the Cubs, which, again, probably, but God. <laughs> Why does it have to take so- When did the hot stove decide to just, like, not even turn on? <sighs> At the very least, it's it's been off since uh, since Yamamoto signed. And it wasn't on for all that much beforehand. So Suzuki's ready to take some of the some of the pressure. Nico Horner, you know, some good heck, great contact skills, really. And Nico wants to hit more for power, too. Like that's what he's working on, you know, through the offseason and the spring training. That's what he like he wants to put some like out on a you know out on the out on the street Nico stole 43 bases last season you know very athletic but uh you know he he's he, he's ready to shoulder some of that if if last year's baseline production turns into Nico Horner driving more balls over the fence then all of a sudden we're kind of forgetting about uh, Cody Bellinger a little bit. <laughs> Just, oh, all the attention is going on Nico Horner. Okay. I just kind of, like, depth. You, you, you got that question. You've got the question of if he winds up going elsewhere. Is the is it going to directly bite the Cubs in the butt like it seems to want to do a lot historically? Like imagine imagine Cody Bellinger winds up, you know, after the season that he has with the Cubs, he winds up going to St. Louis. Ugh. Terrible. That's, that, that's, ter- that's a terrible outcome. Do the Cubs just, you know, stick with like the youth movement going on, you know, and and go that route and not worry worry about Cody Bell. I, like I, I you know, it's like and if and if it's not the Cubs taking that run on on uh on Cody Bellinger, what's keeping anybody else from doing that? Like everybody saw what he did last year. Everybody saw how good he is. How good he can be, anyway. Like what? Hell, what's keeping the Cardinals from signing him? Quite honestly, it's <laughs> gonna like you know, positions be damned and whatnot. But I'd want I'd want the best players that I can get in in some positions. Quite honestly, and Cody Bellinger seems like one of those one of those cats, you know. So, the NBA is back tonight, and that for some reason is flooding up my uh, my my gambling habit tonight. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I need something to get off the schneid. If you if you happen to to you know for some reason traips across my Twitch show, uh, you know, six to eight Eastern, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, JimOnSports.com for the link. Um, <clears throat> sorry, was that? Just had a lump in my throat there. Um, you'll know that uh, it, it hasn't been great for me. <laughs> it's not been great for me for like a while now. So hoping, hoping that the NBA can inject some, some you know, basically give me a blood transfusion. Really, we'll get to those coming up. Sports Radio nine sixty WSB. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, presented by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by the United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Bethel University, First State Bank, Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Midland Engineering, and the Mishawaka Education Foundation. So, Darren will be back tomorrow. Of course, he's uh, on the road with uh, with Notre Dame hockey. Their uh, their games at Michigan tonight. Uh, I'm sorry, not tonight, but tomorrow and Saturday night. Uh, you can catch uh, both of those games over on Z94.3, our uh, our sister station. So let's begin the leeching. You don't get them girls loose. loose. You don't get the world loose. loose. You don't get money. I have asked the question a number of times lately. Why? Why would anybody listen to me? Because my striking confidence. Pacers hosting the Pistons tonight. Here's something worth betting. The local kid. Jaden Ivey going over 19.5 points and assists. Seen a huge bump in playing time after the Pistons were sellers at the trade deadline. Last two months, he's been playing close to 34 minutes a game. He's been averaging 19 points per game, four assists per game. Which, a pretty good matchup against a Pacers team that we know likes to play at the fastest pace in the league and also is terrible defensively. They surrender the second most points to shooting guards. The second most. Jaden Ivey over 19.5 total points and assists. Going off at minus 135. By the way, nearly 250 point total as well. Go over that. Just saying. An under for point total. Between the Knicks and the Sixers tonight. So many key cogs out on both sides. Uh, the inactive list are... Like, they've got more interesting players than, you know, than, than the sidelines on the court does. Joel Embiid, Julius Randle... Uh, OG Anunobi, they're all sitting this one out. Both teams kind of, you know, limped into the All-Star break, really. Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Maxey are now spearheading both operations. I mean, I'd rather take Jalen Brunson, but then again, I might be a little partial. 
The default recommendation for the Knicks is always on the under because, you know, Tibbs, he stresses defense. All right. Under is, is mostly connected, actually, uh, since the New Year's for the Knicks. 18 and 5 on the under, by the way. Last meeting on January 5th landed at 220. Kind of sets up as a uh, revenge spot for Philly after losing 128 to 92, but minus Embiid. That revenge factor ain't happening tonight. It's a, at it's at the very least not getting above 229. So we are going to take the under on the uh, on the Knicks and the Sixers. And then the other team from the confines of New York City, the Brooklyn Nets. They head north of the border to Toronto tonight. A 50-point loss at Boston. Woof. And then the subsequent dismissal of head coach Jacques Vaughn at the uh, you know during the All Star break, I guess. <laughs> just, just imagine if, if Jacques Vaughn had been you know like the coach of the uh, <laughs> the coach of the Eastern Conference, you know, like Doc Rivers was for some damn reason. Ridiculous that rule. Anyway. 50-point loss at Boston. Subsequent dismissal of, of Jock Vaughn over the All-Star break. That set up two very, very short-term potential psychological edges tonight for the Nets. Weren't exactly you know, playing all that badly until, you know, 50-point loss to the, to the Celtics. Although, can you, really, can you really judge the two? I don't know. Like, they just seem on different levels right now. Kevin Ollie did pretty well in his last stint as, a, as an interim with UConn ten years ago. So you know, let's let's give let's give him the keys here too. Why not? It's also a chance to get any points uh, versus a very go against Toronto side that's even below Brooklyn in the standings right now. They kind of waved the white flag after sending Pascal Siakam to the Pacers. They've lost 15 of 19, and yet favored just because they're hosting the Nets tonight. Huh? Huh? The underdog Nets and the points. It's a uh, point and a half spread. You're doing it, alright? Jaden Ivey going over 19 and a half total points and assists in uh, the Pacers-Pistons game tonight. Knicks and Sixers under 229, and Brooklyn in the points against Toronto tonight. So there you go. Check out all my stuff, jimonsports.com. Click over on the, uh, you know, this here Twitch page, too, if you're watching there. Hi, Twitch. Jim on Sports there on Twitch, too. Enjoy everything. Darren's back tomorrow. Eric Hansen's going to be in tow with him. You know, here in the studio, not there in Ann Arbor, but, you know, you probably kind of figured that. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 